Welcome to the Awakening Podcast, where we have truth tellers, not whistleblowers, where we have facts and not conspiracy theories. The podcast with solutions. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. We're also on BitChute as Awakening Podcast. Today, my guest is an author, is a best-selling author, I should say, is serial entrepreneur, speaker. Please welcome Andrew Calderella. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an honor to be here. And thank you to uh, spending this little time with us, everybody. Thank you. So, I mean, I, I, I looked at what you're discussing in your book and like we're living in funny times. Yeah. And you're actually writing about solutions, which most people aren't. Most people are just complaining or they're saying different things. And at the end of the day, we need solutions to the problems. Yes. And one, one of the ones that I liked was corruption, especially like in police force, in anything, in government, corruption, because that's what we're facing. Everything is about corruption, corruption in the medical industry. How do we resolve corruption? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that question. I think this, this answer that, that we're all looking for is like, how do we stop corruption is really how do we come our best selves? A lot of times when people say you become corrupted, what does it mean really? It means that you're kind of falling to the dark side, as people say, or you're embracing vice instead of virtue. One of the greatest epiphanies I had in, in writing this book, and just so people know who I am a little bit, uh, this isn't some book I'm writing because I'm some writer guy who's you know spinning out great verses and whatnot. I, I was born with dyslexia, learning disabilities, and when I write, it comes out in crazy, <laughs> I mean, like I have to then interpret what I wrote. Everything's backwards. It takes forever to write anything. So, 30 years with the research to find these solutions. It's been my life's mission. Um, so, we're talking about ending corruption. I always get to the point where how do we create people that don't get corrupted? You know, it's like nobody's born or wants their children to grow up and become corrupted, right? So, for me, it's like I studied all of human history, all of our greatest thinkers. And some of the greatest epiphanies I had was uh, one of them is that we're all trying to integrate virtue into our life. If you look at all of faith, uh, success books, everything else that you can find out there about becoming a better person, they're all about these traits. And the highest level uh, traits that humans admire are what we call virtue. So instead of searching the books and reading all these books, uh, you can just integrate virtue into your life. So when you're talking about overcoming corruption, we're talking about is raising our kids so that they integrate virtue in their life so they become invulnerable to becoming corrupted. Now, we have organizations, obviously, that are existing and people are in them that uh, have been corrupted. You know, I think one of, the, one of the desirable traits that we have as humans is that we want to overcome corruption. You know, we don't just embrace it. We don't just uh, think it's okay. We want to actually overcome it. So when we make these organizations, like you said, uh, medical industry or government, everybody takes an oath, right? When you go in there, there's an oath that you take that you uh, swear to uphold. And if you read these, they're full of virtues, right? Being honest, holding your integrity, not uh, you know, doing wrong acts to people and all the rest. So for me, when we're talking about ending corruption, we're talking about living up to our higher standards of virtue. And when you're in these organizations, whether it be the police, uh, medical, if you are being corrupted and you know it, you know, you're better off fighting it because then you can stand up to your higher virtues. If you are a bystander and you're seeing somebody corrupted, 
are doing corrupt acts and you don't do anything, this is what creates uh, corruption in organizations where it becomes kind of standardized. Because if nobody says anything, then it's acceptable, right? And then it just keeps perpetuating itself. All of our organizations, everything is coming out of the past and it's coming out of slavery and uh, oppression, and destruction of our world and all sorts of other bad practices. So we have to constantly reform them and call out corruption and uh, work to stop it. So again, it's these checks and balances within our systems. It's people uh, whistleblowing, calling out the uh, corruptions, helping their friends not be corrupted. You know, just to go on just one more second. We're talking about like uh, in the police force, if you don't call out corruption and stop it, that thin blue line that's stopping, uh, the, the police are supposed to be stopping the you know, criminals from hurting the innocent, uh, you're actually bringing that corruption into your organization and you're, you're, not, you're no longer a line anymore. You know what I'm saying? You're not holding the line. So to hold the line, you need to help stop the people that are becoming corrupted by helping them not become corrupted, but also to call them out on it. And you know, we see this in all of our organizations, like our faiths, the Catholic Church hiding uh, pedophilia uh, in law enforcement, whatever it may be. And I think they think that it's, oh, we need to protect ourselves by not calling this out, like we're so self-righteous. Nobody in this planet is uh, without flaw. So if you claim to be without flaw and you hide it, you're just making yourself worse, right? You're making yourself seem worse. So, And um, if we'd, we'd like to say go to the police officers, because... Uh, you know, like if you have the junior police officer with the experienced guy and he starts doing it because, you know, what they do then is they move the guy on or he they just he gets fired, you know. Right. And, 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 and something just for the listeners as well, because what I would have experienced, because I know we're talking about like the pharmaceutical and the church and everything, but corruption is in everything. I know guys in five star Michelin uh, restaurants that they insisted on getting golf and getting different things, getting like free meals to buy the food from them. Uh, like right. consultants, construction companies, they're all looking for the backhander. I, so it's, right. I think it's rife in every single industry. It's just that you only become aware of it when you're in that industry. That's true. And, you know, again, if we raise our kids correctly, uh, we can stop that from happening. I believe too, it has to do with our core value system. Uh, again, in the, in the way we talk about core values and, when you talk to people about what their core values are, most people don't seem to know what they are. They name a few things. The problem is if you don't have a core value system that covers all of life in every circumstance, it can lead to confusion and it can also lead to you becoming corrupted. So um, within the way we outline a complete core value system that would, if you uphold it, you could never do some of these things. Uh, when you're talking about in law enforcement, we're having a big case in the United States with George Floyd. There's no way if you treat people as equals and as you would want to be treated, that you could do something like that. And most of the, the corruption that we see in organizations where you're getting kickbacks, especially in a lot of countries, you know, where the government does it too. Um, so, you know, it's like, how do you stop all of these things? One is you need to make the law, you know, that this is not acceptable. And then to help people embrace a core value system that would prevent this from happening and show them why it would benefit them. You know, I think a lot of times, too, we have corruption in our society because we live in a, I would say, a malformed society. Um, people become corrupted sometimes when they're desperate. You know, it's like you rationalize something. And if you need something, if you're getting underpaid in your work and then somebody's offering you a little kickback uh, to help you feed your kids, it's much easier to take that kickback. Uh, we see this on the high level, though. You know, multi-billionaires uh, are corrupted also, and that uh, can help 
you know, destroy the world also. So, and just you know, on, on that, because that's yeah. actually important, because I know, it, yeah. I'm not sure about in the States, but I know in some countries, like, uh, their police were paid so poorly that they have to do the kickbacks. That's the only way that they can pay their rent. So, you know, th- there's right. a kind of chain reaction with some of these things. Absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the biggest problems in our society, honestly. Um, you know, if you if you understand the way uh, that we talk about the happiness level, there's this level where your income or your access to society uh, infrastructure is high enough to where you're not desperate. Right. You know, you can send your kids to school. You can buy good food. You're going to be cared for in your old age, all the rest of the good things. So you're not desperate. This when you're crushed, everybody wants to live a good life. Right. And nobody's just going to roll up and die. Right? So we're going to fight for it. If you have to steal to live, you know what I mean, to to provide something for your kids or whatever it may be, you're going to do it. So our goal as a society is to create a society where we get rid of uh, this desperation, where people can feel like they have access to quality uh, systems of society and a future and a life that they really want. So, uh, you know, if we look at most of the companies in the world, the biggest companies in the world underpay the majority of their employees that are on the what they call the bottom level. You look at the pyramid, right? It's like, oh, the people at the top are the most valuable and the people at the bottom are the least valuable. That is so not true because people at the bottom are actually the foundation of the company. So if you're underpaying the people that are at the foundation of your business, they're going to become desperate. They're, most people I talk to, they hate their company. You know what they work for? People hate Walmart. They hate uh, Amazon. And the I've rest heard of people of the in Amazon and Walmart on food stamps. And it's like, what? You've got the richest people. Well, on the Forbes, as whether they're the richest, there's obviously other people that have money that's hidden. But how is that possible that they do that? Well, this is this is uh, when you talk about corruption, right? There's there's just everyday accepted corruption, like it's acceptable to treat people that way. Uh, if you really want to make a better economy, all you have to do is pay all the people that are working full time uh, or you know part time jobs up to that happiness level. You know, in the United States, it depends on where you live, but it's somewhere between like sixty five and one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year at least. You know, so if people are making this kind of money. Uh, what are they going to do with it? If you take somebody who's making 20 grand or less a year and all of a sudden you pay him 60, what's he going to do with that extra money? He's going to spend it, right? He's going to spend it on all the things that the economy needs to grow. They're going to buy cars. They're going to send their kids to school. They're going to buy better food. They're going to uh, you know, upgrade their housing and all the rest of the things that uh, will spur the economy. And you're right. It is a crime. I mean, any business, I call this a true company in the book. I talk about what a company is and the true companies are the ones that take care of their employees and the environment. Uh, this idea that profit is the only thing that you're in business for is ridiculous. You know, as a business owner, we're in business to solve problems, right? And the biggest problems that we can solve is to helping our employees live better lives, right? They're working for us. They're giving us the best hours of their lives, and we need to treat them well. So if you do all these little things for them, you help them in their personal life, give them bonuses and access to, I don't know, washing their clothes, doing things that they would not be able to do when they're at home at work, and then paying them well, they're going to be able to live better lives and be happier people. And isn't that what this whole world is about? And I believe it. I, I honestly believe it's a crime. I think it's uh, to, for anybody to rationalize uh, not paying people a, a wage to where they could live a nice life to where you just are taking more and more and more profit when you're making hundreds of billions of dollars. Again, that's a that's a crime. These people have been corrupted. They think they're doing good, but they're not. They're doing They're evil. glorifying it. That's just the sad part. They're glorifying the Bezos and all these people as if they're fantastic people when they're not well no and i think the idea of uh you know what is 
the what is this? In the book, I talk about what is the true goal of life. You know, what is the difference between success and true success? Okay, success that we in our society usually talk about is linked to wealth, power, and fame. Right. So the more wealth, power, and fame you have, the more successful you are. But if you actually study the lives of these people now and throughout all of history, you find that they're. It doesn't mean that you automatically have uh, all your relationships are great. You're automatically healthy. You know what to do at all times. You know what I mean? If you talk to these people, a lot of them are become even more desperate, more worried, more uh, confused, more corrupted, right? They embrace vice. They get lost in drugs and, um, you know, wealth and greed is good, you know, all of a sudden, you know, this twisted idea of uh, vice over virtue, right? So we're talking about in our society, like I said, I, it just seems like um, this leadership challenge, even in holiness, we talk about the church, right? The higher up in some holy organization you are, the, the more successful you are. But again, sometimes those lives and those organizations are so far removed from what we live that they don't even know how to help us. So I think sometimes these, uh, these families, they just get a little twisted. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. This is the thing. We, we don't want to hate the rich. Can you feel sorry for somebody that's born twisted? You know what I mean? It's like this, this sickness of superiority and this, this need to put people under our thumb, to grind them into the ground, to take as much for ourselves. I'd rather stuff my house with gold than take care of the people that are under my uh, jurisdiction or whatever. This sickness has been with us, I swear, throughout all of human history. I've seen it it's since the very beginning of human history that I've read. It's some guy, right? I got to crush the life out of this other guy that offended me. Now everybody's in war and dying and we're raping and killing and murdering. I mean, even the church that the, the church of Jesus Christ went down and raped and murdered in the name of Jesus. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's like you can rationalize the, the most horrible things in the world and, and call it good, right? I mean, this is the, the kind of the sickness of superiority that I was talking about. So the Walmart people, the, you know, Jeff Bezos, I mean, I wish I could have a conversation with them because they could be so much, what do I say, not just better people, but it's like the, the people that do wrong that then wake up and then do good, do great good can sometimes make more of a difference in the world because they show the path to all the others that are on that wrong side. So like, imagine if Jeff Bezos just went, you know what? Everybody's fighting me, all these unions, they, they're, they're begging me to up the wage to $15 an hour. It's still below poverty. You know what I mean? In most places these people live. So why not just pay everybody 50 grand or 60 grand a year at the minimum level? I, I, I remember this one business I was reading about. He, uh, I don't know if he read my book or what, but I saw this article and he was like, you know, I realized that I shouldn't underpay my people. And he started paying everybody in his company $75,000 and over. That was it. The minimum guy, the bagger, you know, that was bagging the groceries or the guy that's driving the truck is making 75 grand a year at the minimum, the starting level. And, you know, everybody in that company is so much happier and is able to take care of their kids. That's what the whole point of your business is. You know, if you're just out there to make money and sell stuff, uh, you know, make more and more and more money that you stuff in the bank, you're missing the whole point of what your business is about. If you're not taking care of the world and taking care of people as you're making your business, you're really not doing what you should be doing. I remember reading, I don't know, was it a credit card processing company, but I know that he was extremely successful for doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody was against it. And by, yeah. because, I mean, if somebody does that and the typical wage says 30 grand, you're going to give your heart into that. You're not going to go into work kind of going, oh my God, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Oh, you know, my sick child is sick. I can't find the child minor. You're, you're, you're secure. 
Exactly. And that's the whole point. I mean, isn't it? I mean, don't we all want to live wonderful lives? If you want to treat people as you want to be treated and as equal, there is no way you could underpay people, especially if you have the money. You know, I mean, I've had a business, uh, I've been in startups where we're all kind of grinding out, we're not making money. But as soon as you make more money, it's everybody's pay goes up. Everybody. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, well, the owner, I have to make 100. You still make uh, 15. No, I got to make 500. No, you still make 15. No, I have to make a million. You still make $15 an hour. No, you know, everybody gets to rise up. And it, if you're not doing that, it's like people that, oh, I got to account to the shareholders. You know who your biggest shareholders are? The most important people are your people that work for you, right? If they can't experience the growth of your company and the success of it, what is the point of their work? You know what I mean? Well, it's like, like, you want them to hate your work and be just like, oh, screw it. I, I don't care if that breaks. Oh, I'm just going to leave right now. Who cares? You know, or they're going to be like, no, I want this company to succeed because this is my future and I have a good job. I think sometimes these people get lost and they think like, I need people desperate and worried because then they'll come to work and they'll work really hard. No, it's the opposite is true. They'll come to work and work harder if they feel like they have a future with you. They come to work and they're all desperate. They're gonna be like you said, I'm worried about my kid. I can't feed this bill. Screw this business, man. I'll just do the minimal I can get done with and get out of here. Because now I gotta to go to another job after this, after I've worked 40 hours for you just to pay my rent. You know what I mean? That's sad. And, and like, I know I see that a lot in America that people have two and even sometimes three jobs just to cover living expenses. And, exactly. And that's all over the world. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the biggest sickness I think that it, that's happened in this uh, whole world is this idea of globalization to where it's not like globalization, we're going to go out and help everybody. It's like, where is the place that we can exploit the people in the environment the most? You know, if you look at the history of American companies or other big companies around the world, it's like, no, let's go to uh, Myanmar. We can dump freely in their rivers. They don't care. We can pay their people 37 cents an hour. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and the government doesn't care what we do. Or and that's why we ended up going to China because China will like literally run over their people with tanks if they revolt. They have millions of people that just farm you in and out of the jobs and, uh, you know, and do whatever they want. So American companies went there to build their stuff. And now we're in this huge problem where you know we've literally propped up a government and a way of doing things that we don't agree with, but we've given them all our money. You know what I mean? It's like, here's hundreds of billions of dollars or trillions of dollars to build up your country. Same thing in the Middle East. You know what I mean? It's like, we're propping up all these governments that are treating their people in the world like like they're lesser. You know, I this idea of, again, the sickness of superiority, we talk about supremacy. Um, you know, we have white supremacy. But I've traveled the world and I've studied enough. There is there is every type of supremacy out there. There's Asian supremacy, there's black, white, you name it. There's You can travel somewhere in the world and somebody will hate you, right? And there's also the, the religious supremacy or the business supremacy, uh, wealth supremacy. You know, my family's had millions of billions of dollars for 100 years. Really? Well, where did your family get that money from? It was from exploiting the hell out of the blood of people. Right. So I don't know why you're so proud of that. Um, you know, it's like, you know, uh, the, the change of the 20th century. You know, people talk about America and most of the West that people compare about uh, complain about us being socialist. Right. The idea of socialism is government and business and the people kind of finding this balance and working together. America has always been a socialist country. It, it, the moment we started taking taxes and paying for our roads and uh, military, police and everything else, that's socialism. The key is the balance, right? If you go too far, then you fall into communism, right? If you go the other way, you fall into dictatorship. And if you look at the early uh, 1900s, we had like these great industrialists, Morgan and Andrew Carnegie and a bunch of other guys. And 
if you look at what they were doing, they were literally just destroying everybody's lives, right? Polluting the hell out of the environment, uh, paying people the worst. I mean, people having their arms ripped off, they're dying every day at their job. They didn't care, right? Just like grind them more, grind them more, grind them more. And then finally, Teddy Roosevelt uh, came out after they bought a president. I can't remember the name of the guy before uh, Roosevelt, but he came out. Trump and, or something, yeah. Yeah, and they, they put him in office, right? These, these industrialists, and they let, let him run rampant. But then he came in office and, you know, put a kibosh to everything they were doing, right? They said, no, you're not going to exploit the people that much. You've got to pay them better. You've got to have uh, environmental standards and all the rest. And it kind of proved that we are, uh, America will ever be a uh, socialist country because the government is the one that kind of stopped this industrial uh, destruction. You know, if you look, and again, you have to look at this. Capitalism is great, but it can go too far, just like anything, right? So we have to be able to have these checks and balances within all of our society so that we don't uh, fall to corruption. You know, the biggest problem I think sometimes is these leaders they get lost because they don't have a core value system that covers all of life. And you know, if they had the core value system that's outlined in the way, they couldn't do what they were doing for one. So that's one of the greatest problems I think that, that we can solve through us all being on the same page when it comes to some of these core foundational uh, belief structures that if humanity shared, we would solve, I would say 90% of the problems on the planet. You know, And uh, that's why I wrote this book um, and I'm, and again, it's just a book, but we need to have this live within us. You know, the way is living rational, positive action. It's about uh, something you live all the time because, you know, you don't just want to do this once in a while. You want to be your best self at every moment in your life. It's living rational because every, any solution you have has got to be logical, right? It's got to be customizable to fit your life. Living rational, positive, because it is about integrating virtue into your life. And again, those are the highest traits that human beings hold as our most valuable. And there are some values or uh, and some traits, some virtues that if we hold, will secure, uh, secure you against corruption. And then it's living rational, positive action because every virtue requires actions to make it real, like um, being disciplined or dedicated or punctual, like punctual, you need to take actions like leaving on time, setting reminders, you know, your alarm clock and all the rest of the things. So it's all of these, you know, being healthy requires you to be, uh, have a good sleeping, eating, you know, fueling, regimen and all the rest. So it's these best practices. That's what we call like the best way to do something is a best practice. So there might be five best practices, 10 best practices around a certain way of doing something. And if you know those best practices and you can raise your kid with those best practices, then your habits can become best practices. You can be fill your life with virtue and you can, uh, you know, be fortified against corruption and against a lot of the other problems in your life. And let me just say this too about the way one of the biggest problems that I always found in all of the books that I've read, and it, it really honestly pissed me off to the point where it seemed like most writers want to write. <laughs> I know it sounds like obviously, right? Uh, but they want to write endless books. And it's like if they can milk uh, an idea for five pages or 10 pages or a whole book, if I can write five books, they'll do that. And the problem with that is you and me, we don't have time to read a thousand books to get all the answers we need to find all these little bits and bits of knowledge to make ourselves the best in all the different areas. And that's the biggest problem. It's like you need knowledge in so many areas of life, in your health, in your fitness, your uh, mental abilities, your emotional, your relationships, your, your work. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's mind boggling. So what I did is I just put all the best into one book. Again, it's, I'm dyslexic. So just writing one book, 30 years, I don't think I could do many more. This is broken up into three books, just, you know, they wouldn't let me do it all in one, 
is too big. So it's one, I wrote it as one book, but it'll be coming out in three. But again, I think that's the, the, the solution that I found is that we all need to get on the same page regarding this foundational information and then join together in the right way to make these changes happen. So the way is how we get on the same page. I started, I'm starting uh, the one movement in party to actually make these changes happen. And it's all just starting. This book just came out uh, the hardback in December last year, uh, just started being on shows like yours. So we're just starting to get out there. So don't lose hope people. What I want you to know if you take anything of the show is that there is hope. All the solutions that I found just shows me that this is literally the only time in human history that we could do this because we're also awake right now. We're also connected. We have resources and the ability to make changes like no other time in all of human history. You know, we have enough history to draw upon to know what we don't want and what is the wrongness to be able to fix it and make it all right. I think with the craziness for the last year has woken up so many people because I mean, I've been aware of corruption for a long time, you know, it's something that I've been looking at and I, you know, I, I can't be bought. And that kind of pisses off a lot of people as well, because if you're in an industry and they're all doing that, you know, you're the outside and you're the sore thumb in, in the in the industry. And it, it happened in Ireland. You know, I, I, I couldn't be bought because even if you're like doing subcontractors and they want to be, you know, on the, the project, if they're giving you money into the hands, then they own you. And yeah. it, it's hard, you know, when, when everybody else is actually doing that, that you're trying to, to fight it. And, you know, just, just going back to the, the, the China thing, because that's actually scaring me at the moment, because with all the money that they're making, they basically were lending money then to like Africa because they knew they couldn't pay it back, buying ports. They're buying ports in Holland all over the world. So they're basically starting to control a lot of the ports. And I don't think people are actually aware of that. No, I, I think that uh, the Western world a lot of times is very naive to, um, and again, China has people are not evil. I don't want to talk about China like it's some, I, I, most of the, a lot of the philosophy I have in this book comes from Chinese philosophers, right? Lao Tzu and uh, Confucius. These are wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and the same thing with the Chinese people. Anybody can be misled and taught to hate. I mean, we can look at uh, the rise of Nazi Germany. You know, not all the German people were evil, right? They were led into thinking what they were doing was good, but it was actually evil. So the Chinese government is thinking what they're doing is good because they feel like uh, they're under attack and um, pressured. And, you know, this, if you study Chinese history, it's all about if you look at the Great Wall and, and this a philosophy of bringing everything home to China, you know, the sacredness of China, they've never been a, a conquering force, right? It's always been around their, their, you know, the China, the China Sea and all of the, the local countries that they've been dealing with. And they just wanted to be left alone. Now, we as the Western powers, I say we generally, uh, went over there and, you know, literally used ships and bombed them and made them open up their ports and, you know, deal with us. They never forgot that, you know what I mean? It's like, I think that there's a lot of, when I talk to some, and I lived in Japan, just, you know, people out there for a number of years, I traveled throughout Southeast Asia. I've met a lot of uh, Chinese people. And so, just, you know, some of the most wonderful uh, business owners I met all throughout Southeast Asia were from China, no longer Chinese, like living in, in China or from China, but born in some other country. And they all talk about China differently. When you talk about somebody from the mainland China versus Chinese from outside, a lot of the Chinese outside would love China to awaken, to be more free 
and open. The problem is that they, it's like we talk about this in, in, uh, in, in American corporations, like you said, in churches and every organization, and it's mostly men. There's something that happens when a bunch of men get together and they don't have a core value system that's based on equality and treating people as you want to be treated, where again, it becomes this, this competition where everything is, can I put my thumb over you? How can I control you? How can I make you do what I want? How can I uh, you know, just map out your life for you? You know what I mean? And, and it's like, you can see this uh, throughout all of human history, but it's taking place in China where the control apparatus, the, the uh, you know, overview of everybody's life and forcing them to do with what the state wants them to do versus what the people may want them to do is becoming more and more prevalent the more power they get. So with like, where does it end? You know, it always ends up in revolt. And if you look at China, they are very, very good at separating the people, shutting off the news, not letting them communicate with each other, and then crushing, I mean, literally running them over with tanks, uh, disappearing people, anybody that can that have. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, I guess my point is, it's like, the only way that we're really going to win is if we untwist the twisted, we help the corrupted become uncorrupted. You have to make your enemies into your friends if we're really going to win. We can't fight another war, okay? Good people always lose when we fight, you know what I mean? Even if we win, okay? Because the good person now has gone from raising their kids, doing their good work, to now becoming a murderer and, you know, watching his friends, friends blow up and die. And now he's got, you know, mental problems and all the rest. This, yeah, we won the war, but now we got millions and millions of people dead and everybody that's been there is traumatized and they haven't been doing all the good work. We've been destroying things. So again, if we're, if we're really truly going to win, there's only one way. And it's through peace, it's through love, it's through understanding, it's through untwisting this twistedness that we have. And the only way we can do that is by embracing these core values and by starting at the center and working our way out. I say that a lot. And um, just to give you a quick example here in the United States, we have this, this uh, Southern border wall. And you right and left, oh, we hit a wall. But if you look, just forget all the fringe arguments. If you go down to the center of what people are talking about, there's normally, if you get, deep enough, there's a virtue on both sides, right? They may be fighting it wrongly, but the virtue is on the right is law and order. We need to have country integrity. We can't just be giving endless money away to people that are not you know, part of our country because we're going broke and all the rest of these things. On the left, it's, we need to have humanity. We can't just let these people suffer and, um, you know, and all the rest. So if we could just combine all of the virtues together, we can solve most of these problems. The problem is that and, and again, this happens in religion a lot, is that you separate one virtue from another. You can't have law and order without humanity. You know what I mean? It, otherwise, it becomes like a dictatorship. Uh, the same thing with ending corruption. We can't, what was we can't be dissing all the rich people, right? They are as uh, corrupted as the rest of us, and they've been brought up in a society which has led them to the point where they're almost in change sometimes, especially in American corporations, they have to make more and more profit. That's it. I mean, it's like in their mandate, because it's a public company, if they don't make more and more profit and grow their market share every single quarter, their company is going to collapse. This rating system has got to stop. You know what I mean? If you have, you could have 80% of the market share, and if you don't grow this quarter, oh, we got your stock is going down. It's like, dude, this guy still has 80% of the market share in the whole world. He's, you know, it's not like his company is worth so much less right now just because he didn't make more profit than he did last month. 
So I think the idea that we need to stop this, we need to rate our companies differently. How well are you caring for the world? How well are you caring for your employees? How great are your products? Are these just trash, you know, uh, plastic things that are going to be destroyed and thrown in the landfill in a week? Or are they going to last for years and years and people use them and be, um, you know, a benefit to society? So... And there should be full transparency as well, because like, if you know it for, so for example, like say Nestle, because that's something that I've investigated and they have some really toxic foods out there. And then there's other ones that don't, but it should be shown, you know, what's there. There's, I've even seen uh, videos of where there's metal in the baby food and there's been people trying to debunk it going, oh my God, this is true. Like the board of directors there have to be made accountable and the, 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 I think the way there's so much frustration in the world at the moment is we're looking at serious crimes being committed and it's and like there's they're no laughing. Accountability. There's no yeah. accountability. They're laughing at us. I know. Yeah. And that's what's frustrating. Yeah. Well, and again, that's where I think uh, we have to create a better society. Okay. It, our society is a product of the past. And if you, you know, you go back far enough, I mean, it's basically what slavery, uh, total oppression, everybody's a serf. It's only the Kings and their, their people, right. That have anything. Everybody else is lesser. This mentality is infected this world. Okay. It's, it's not like it's just going to be gone all of a sudden, because now we're in the 21st century. Uh, we have uh, serious problems with people still being, you know, I want to say, um, barbarians, you know, in their mentality or, uh, and I think that that kind of idea of, how it says, again, it always seems to come back to the same idea of, of again, mostly men. And again, it's, it, this is mostly a man problem. And we, as men have got to call each other out on this. The problem with a lot of men too, is they're surrounded by sycophants and, uh, toadies and, yes people right and the other corrupted they're like yeah man go ahead and yeah do that get get the hundred million extra you know back end bonus from that guy you know that's great that's what we need so there, there's no checks and balances within some of these leadership uh arenas and like you said for you to stand up and not take that payback like just to give you a little background on me my my family came over my my mother's side from italy my grandfather uh, was a kid he came over here through ellis island and as he grew up, he became an engineer. He's got quite the life story. I mean, he literally walked <laughs> to this college and took the entrance exam right there uh, and got into the college. This was back, I don't even know, early, early or late 1800s. But he became an engineer in New York City. And I don't know if you know about the mafia, and uh, Italian mafia, but big deal, okay, especially here in America. And Becky, I mean, his family came over here trying to run from it. But he became uh, an engineer and they were on our family. They wanted us to be part of the mafia. My grandfather and my uh, uncle stood up to the mafia and told them, no, absolutely not. But then they made us like the protected where, because he was such a high level engineer and an Italian that he was untouchable. Nobody could mess with him. My grandfather even got pissed at that. He was like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. But, um, you know, because he was all against that too. He, was, he saw it as a corruption of uh, our people you know, of, of the soul of, a, of the Italian people is this, this idea that, and again, to me, it always goes back to like desperation. If you look at where the, like the mafia started or any crime organization, most likely, it's always like kings and queens, you know, you got to have a black market because these guys are dominating everything and we don't have food. So you have this underground source for everything. I mean, if you look at the, the old uh, crime networks, some of them go back hundreds, if not thousands of years, you know, in, in Asia and, and in Europe and whatnot. And it's because 
the governments and the organizations did not provide for the people. And yes, they got into things that weren't uh, good, but they also did other things. Like even in South America, you can see crime lords giving out food and you know what I mean? And, and doing all these things. And it's like, why? Why are they doing this? It's because the society has been twisted and it's not providing for the people. So for me, to fix all of this, we need to get on the same page when what is it what is it our society needs to be? So I call it the true society in the book and I outline what that means and how we can fix, literally fix our society uh, step-by-step is uh, also listed in um, or outlined within uh, step six of the book. So how do I say this? It's like, I look at all of human history as this test of humanity. You know, we're here as this, this whole world is a training ground to see if we can live up to our greater ideals. And time after time after time after time, men in these ultimate power positions fail this leadership task and become corrupted. The true goal of life, as I can define it, uh, is what really what a mother wants for her child, a loving mother. It's them to be healthy and happy, uh, to find something they're really passionate about, ideally doing that to support themselves, to have great relationships. Um, and all the rest of the aspects that make up a wonderful life. If you have money, that's great. If you're famous, that's great. But that is not the core of what we uh, judge a meaningful life on. You know what I mean? It's all these other aspects. Did you have a loving family? Were you a good person? Did you create something that could help the world? Uh, did you take care of yourself? Did you honor these higher ethical uh, codes that you aspire to? You know, and, and when we look at our world, it's literally, you can see it. Failure, failure, failure. I mean, I, I know that Jeff Bezos, uh, I mean, been, you know, let's look at uh, what's his name? Bill Gates, right? Here's a good example of a guy who's trying to do really good, right? It doesn't seem like anybody's got a cohesive plan. You know, it's like, we all know what we need. We need a water system that could cover the whole world, right? Get everybody clean water, ending pollution, uh, solutions to uh, education. I mean, uh, training programs, ending of poverty, you know, Again, I own a lot of these solutions in this book. I just don't understand why these aren't the, like, the biggest projects. Like, why aren't the smartest guys with the most money uh, solving the greatest problems of the world? They seem like they talk about like they are, right? Like Bill Gates gives a lot of money to, uh, he just gave a lot of money to uh, global warming. But why not go into your own supply chain of, you know, uh, Microsoft and fix it and then show the rest of the world how to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know why every rich person has to have their own foundation. Why not give the money to people who have been working on these problems forever and then show them or give them more and more aid so where we can solve these problems. It seems like it's always the have nots, you know, it's always like, uh, like Harriet Tubman, right? Slave, you know, she's got to build this underground railroad and you risk her life. Like we're all the, the white, uh, people in the that making this railroad to free slaves. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know why it's always the poorest and the people that have not that have to bring up the biggest problems of the world and try to solve them all. It seems like the people that just had all the wealth and power would just take some responsibility. We wouldn't have so many problems. You know what I mean? Like if Jeff Bezos and the Walmart people and all the rest fixed their supply chains, right? No more destruction in the world. Pe paying people correctly, uh, you know, making products that aren't pollution nightmares and all the rest of the stuff. We wouldn't have so many problems, but it's like, no, we have to fight. Now I got to get an organization together. I have to go march in the street, you know, for all these basic stuff. And it's kind of sickening. It's like, can you guys just please just wake up and help us? 
<laughs> like you're talking about Bill Gates and like he's copied the Rockefellers when people were against him. I don't know. Did you see the video of him when he was basically being grilled for, you know, uh, by the Senate and he's like rocking back and forth and you can tell. So he created this charity. He's done some really evil stuff and everything that he's doing now, he's basically yeah donating money, but he's basically taking it from one pocket and put it into his back pocket. And he's involved with everything to do with the vaccines. And if you actually research that, like we're being fed a lie with the vaccines thing as well. They're saying, oh, it ended smallpox, it ended polio. I'm after finding out that like smallpox was done to hygiene. So it actually, the vaccines that they were doing then were actually creating more smallpox. They were killing more people. And it's the same with polio. And where then they're using this story to basically be regurgitated. And then we're in a, a kind of... A, a media that's owned by five or six corporations that own 90% of the media. And it's just been blasted out there. Yeah. Well, the media thing is another huge corruption issue. I mean, uh, I I think we need to end this idea that our news should be controlled by, like you said, five billionaires. (laughs) You know, we need that. One of the seven systems I'm out to build again, this way, the book is, is is the cornerstone of a much bigger plan. Okay. So we need these other organizations. Well, one of them we need is the People's News. Uh, not only reporters doing us uh, researching stories that we all need to know, not just like what the corporate people want you to think about, you know what I'm saying? But also we need to have a news that actually informs us so we can make informed decisions. You know, this whole thing about the vaccines, I've also researched it. And I think that there is some efficacy in some of these vaccines, you know, whether it be polio or whatever. I mean, they actually, we can see that it does have an effect. In it I, I believe that I'm after yeah. finding out the polio was down to D, DDT. It was a crop they were spraying. Well, DDT is a horrible thing that they but, put. And, and they're still, it's still legal yeah. in India. And that's why polio is very big in India. You know, and yeah. unfortunately they're, they're using this information, but there, there's a book, uh, Don Lester and David Parker, they're basically, they're, they're blowing everything open regarding the vaccines, regarding everything yeah. to do with the pharmaceutical industry, and nobody can actually prove them wrong. Yeah. Well, I think that this is what we need, is we need, like, um, what I don't see is, like, people treated with respect. People that want to know, for our health's sake, do vaccines work? What is the research? Don't just tell us we're stupid for not agreeing with you. You know what I mean? Don't just be like, all oh, those anti-vaxxers, you know, they're idiots. No, th- these people have legitimate questions and concerns. And if they're not legitimately answered in a way that makes sense that we can all agree to, you're never going to change everybody's mind. So I agree with you that um, I think one of the greatest problems in our world is that we treat information like it's, uh, what do you want to say? Like it's some type of formula, like either you get it or you don't. And it's like, it's more manipulation nowadays than it's information. You know, we're not, we're not given stories to where you can think we're told something. Then we're given opinion after opinion, after opinion, that's to shade the way that you think this is a, a propaganda technique, right? It's, it's like you bring an idea out and then you have five people tell you the way that they think about it to get you to think that same way. So, um, this formula is on Fox News, it's on NBC, it's on every news station I can see. And it's, uh, you know, the, I think one of the biggest problems that we have is like, why is it that these personalities now that are giving the news get to decide, or the billionaires behind them get to decide what we, we need to know? I think the people should be like, you know what, we want 
segments throughout the day on different topics, not just you talking about the same things on every show. I mean, climate change, corruption, uh, ending this, uh, you know, in, say inequality within the, everything. I was going to say the in our justice system, but like you said, it's everywhere. So, you know, the stories that expose this corruption and give us solutions on how we can fix them, where we can join. You know, the problem is, is like somebody said, oh, this somebody was killed in this car accident. You know, they show you this horrible thing. How does that help you in your life? You know, I mean, is it like do does anything for you other than make you feel sick and sad? And then they then there's a rape story right after the horrible crash about the kids. And then they're you know, it's just playing on your your emotions. It's not helping you make a decision if it's like well, there was 10 rapes yesterday. There was 50 rapes today in this local area. And here's what the guy looks like. Let's everybody in this area be out on the lookout. That's, a, that's information you can use. You know, going through this horror story of this girl being raped is not helping you. It's just making you feel sad. So um, I think that our information needs to evolve to the point where it's actually serving the people instead of just serving the interests of the few. And I think, like, no... There's very there's a lot of people that are trying to fight the fight. I mean, you know what you're doing. Your book is a fantastic. There's a, I'm I mean I'm surrounded with a lot of people, but people don't hear about that because all they hear is the doom and gloom, and they feel like there are like I I know a lot of people that are trying to fight this, and they're nearly thrown in the towel. They're just getting tired because they think they're on their own and. In, right. It's a pity that the news doesn't show these things. You know, like your solution. I would love to see a program on what we've just discussed today because that's what yeah. society needs to hear. Well, exactly. And, and this is what I want to give to people. If you're hearing me and you're one of those people who are ready to throw in the towel, join the one organization, the one movement and party. I know it's just in its uh, infancy, but it's what can grow. This is the only way that humanity has ever done anything is with us unified. Okay, the problem is that today we, not the problem, I think it's a great thing that we all are very independent. We have our own ideas. We want to start organizations. But if we're all separated and all trying on our separate, we don't have any power. Okay, imagine if a billion people were in one organization and we signed petitions, we boycotted here and there, and we gave $1 a month and we just kept fighting these anti corruption things, we uh, fixing issues. We could change the world. I mean, okay. seriously, within years, it would be like a whole different world. This is what I'm trying to do. And it's not about me. This is about us. It's about joining all leaders, all uh, followers. I'm a follower and I'm a leader. There's going to be people that are going to come up in our organization that are going to be wonderful speakers and, and uh, motivators to people that are going to be much better than I am. They're going to take the lead on a lot of things. It's not about you being in the forefront or no, you taking control or you in the power it's about all of us giving the people the power that have the merit and the abilities to make these things happen and join it together in a way that we can actually do this right that is anti-corruption within our organization as well as spreading that on how we actually do it you know the thing for me is it's like and again i have seven systems i need to build one of the whole ideas here is like like when i was talking about bill gates if bill gates would take microsoft and make it a you know an enlightened uh, company to where they took care of all their people. It's like you were saying, I, I, I have so many things that go through my head at the same time sometimes. It's really hard to keep it straight, but um, it's like Bill Gates, you go back to Rockefellers and uh, uh, you know Morgan and whatnot. Like you said, when they died, when they're close to the end of their life, they gave away millions and billions of dollars and they felt bad and whatever. It's like they finally got a conscience. 
but none of them went back to all the employees that they had raped all those years for all their, you know, gave them all this money and now they could live nice lives. No, the guy that had his arm ripped off is living in the gutter. He's still living in the gutter, right? It's like, no, I gave money to a charity. It's like, oh, great. What about the people that work for you? What about cleaning up that horrible mess that you made? You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's this idea, like you said, I, I think a lot of times uh, wealthy people do things for PR purposes. They don't do them because they really want to do them or they even care. Yeah. It's just like, well, I kind of feel bad that I have so much money. I feel a little guilty that I struck to so many. Oh, I'll give millions of dollars away. Now I feel better. The, the point is, if you're not making a real difference in the world, what is it you're doing? You can give a dollar to everybody in the world. That'd be billions of dollars. Oh, I gave away billions of dollars. So what? You know what I mean? It's like you made no difference whatsoever in what's happening right now. So if, if Bill Gates is listening, uh, Jeff Bezos, anybody, I'd be willing I'm sure to have a I'm sure they're my number one fans. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would love to have a conversation with them and show them how, how they could actually change the world for the good. You know, this pursuit of your own dreams is wonderful, but if you can't uh, pursue humanity's vision, then you're kind of missing the whole point of what it is to be a world leader. This isn't heaven. This isn't like... I think one of the biggest problems I found too, when I talk to super successful people, a lot of them feel like, oh no, everything's perfect. I thought, oh no, man, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this way. And I talked to this one guy, he's like, okay, so let's just talk about how, why this is perfect. You have, this guy has 14 houses. He stuffs them with everything you can imagine all over the world. So he's got 15 Ferraris in every one of these houses. He's got you know, the best golf clubs and the best of everything in every one of these places that he only goes to maybe every couple of years. I'm like, so where are all your businesses? Oh, I have businesses all over the world. Where are you most of your workers? Oh, they're in Malaysia. They're in China. They're in, okay, how much are you paying those? Oh, whatever they say I should pay. Are you, uh, what about the pollution? Oh, whatever they say is okay. I'm like, well, that's the problem, man. Don't you see that? He's like, it's not okay. What they're saying is okay is, is exploitation to the nth degree because they want your money in that country. And it's not that you're taking care of those people. How about you go live the life of your employees for a day and tell me if that would, be okay for you he got pissed <laughs> you know what i mean and but, I'm that, like, but that's beautiful that's what people need to hear that's that's exactly right. then, I, yeah. then, then i said this to him i said look this this anger that you're feeling right now is because you know i'm right and you're trying to push back from me because you know if you were in that situation if that was your child if that was your life you would hate it you would hate you so the only way that you could fix this is for you to take the stand and make all these things right. I don't know if he ever did it. I mean, after that conversation, but this is what I mean about the leadership challenge. This is not heaven. If you are in the position to make a difference in this world and affecting people's lives and you choose not to, you are failing. Okay. This is why they say, uh, what is that? It's easier to get a camel through an eye of a needle than it is a rich person into heaven or something like that. The idea there is that, you know, the, the idea of being corrupted, the more power that you get um, is because you don't have this core value system that's going to allow you to ride those uh, challenges out and, and actually succeed, right? So if you always treat people as you would want to be treated in, in all situations, that means in, in your business, uh, as equals, you know what I mean, in your organization, as a faith, whatever it may be, most of the issues in our world would never happen, right? Because you're not treating children like that. If they're, if, if you, if you look at a child in Malaysia or in Africa and you say, oh, well, they deserve that. You put your child there and tell me that your child deserves that, right? Nobody deserves that. Exactly. We're all equals or none of us are equals. And just to, as far as equality goes, let me just say this. Everybody's talking about race, race, race. There's no race problem, none. 
zero. Because why? We are one human race, right? 99.9% .9 of our DNA is exactly the same, right? For religion and faith, God created everything and everybody. And so science and religion agree. We're all one human family, one race. We have problems with prejudice and discrimination, people learning hatred and other bad practices when they grow up. But there is no race problem. There's no, there's no race problem because we're one human race. So all of these bad practices people are learning when they're growing up and learning prejudice and discrimination and hatred and superiority and you know, all these other things, this is what we need to fix. So let me just say the book, the way is three books. The first book is all the philosophy, the seven steps. The second book is the life manual, which covers the foundations of life in detail. And the third book is the child and family guide. And within that book, you learn how to use the other two books to help integrate these best practices into your kid's life. So they have them as their uh, uh, formation, uh, foundational habits, but it also shows us how we can raise our kids so that they don't become corrupted, that they prevent them from doing these things, not prevent them, but I, I lead them away from it where it's not even a thought. You know what I mean? It's like, I had a lot of spiritual experiences in my life. And um, one of them was kind of this idea where, you know, Satan's tempting you, like you said, just like with wealth and power and all of these things. And it's just like, I just laughed. And it's like, I don't understand why that's so tempting. Like you would literally sell out your child's soul or, you know, ruin millions of people's lives so that you could have what? I mean, what, why is power over people so great? Like you really want to put your thumb over people and control them? I mean, there's something wrong with you, man. I mean, that's a huge responsibility. You know, if you, you should be wanting to help them, that's fine. <laughs> Controlling them and making them do what you want is, is getting on the sickness level, right? So this idea of having endless wealth, like you look at the leaders uh, throughout all of human history, most kings would rather stuff their house with gold than they would feed their people. They'd throw out tons and tons of food instead of giving it away to people that are literally starving to death. You know, I mean, go eat cake. You know, you hear the Trumps. I, I can't remember. I was like, one of them said something like that. It was like, well, they just don't want to be successful or something. And I was like, God, that is just the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in my life. I think a lot of these uh, super rich people that have um, a lot of money over long periods of time, that their family has kind of this sickness of superiority in it. And I know that some of you are here, well, of course we're superior. We have the money, we have the power. We've been leaders of this world for hundreds of years or thousands of years. We have the bloodlines. You know what, all I have to say is none of that matters. None of it, not one iota. All that matters is what type of character you have and what type of person you are and what you're doing in this world. You know, if, if you, we've been led, if you look at human history, like all the kings and queens, We've had horrible kings and queens. This kid gets to lead us because he's of the bloodline, but he's insane. No, we must follow him because he's of the blood. Let me just tell you, the bloodlines are all corrupted. Okay, There's no bloodline that's superior to another bloodline. It's all human. If anything, the kings and queen bloodlines are all worse because they've been interbreeding, and now they have all sorts of uh, genetic problems because they married their cousin and their brother and whatever all for the last 300 years. So... You know, this idea that some king and queen is better off than you, all it is is they probably were fed better and had better education than somebody else. But it doesn't make them better people. A lot of these kings and queens are horrible people, right? So I believe that, that the, the greatest people in the world are some of the most oppressed. You know, we, we probably have thousands and thousands of Einsteins and other great leaders that are just too poor. They're carrying water all day. You know, you gotta, I got to carry water for you know, six hours a day just to live, but instead of learning. 
So this is the tragedy of our world is seeing people as not as equals and not creating a better society for everybody. Absolutely. And like what you said is, because I mean, I've been thinking of that like that. You have brilliant leaders of thousands of organizations, even now they're all fighting. All they have to do is come together. Like you said, you know, like one, one billion people, this is what we're doing. Because we all want the same thing. It's not as if we like do. they're trying, you know, and if you've got all these leaders, they can come together and you can change the whole lot. It has to be like that because at the moment yeah. they want that divide and conquer. That that suits them. That, yeah, well, let like me if, say this too. Yeah? I, I just want to interrupt because there's two things in my head right now. One is that we can't count on the leaders to come together. They will join us once we get enough. Sometimes they, they uh, I don't know, they're not the first ones to jump. But what I would like to see is like industry leaders, because I've talked to enough um, business owners to know a lot of them would like to change, but they're hemmed in. Okay. It's like, if, if, if you change, you could be destroyed because your other competitors are, are doing this, this bad practice, right? It's like, if you go into a country and you're not bribing and they are, then they're going to get all the contracts and you're going to go out of business. So the solution here is for you as these business owners to find all the good business owners that want to make this change. You can do it anonymously. You could agree to rules in the background, have these meetings, and then pick a date when you're going to implement this plan. And anybody that goes against it gets destroyed. Because if you're part of our billion uh, man army or person army, right, that's, that's making these changes, we'll back you up. So like the oil industry, nope, we're going to change. and We're not going to be making uh, plastics, these horrible, you know, used plastics. We're changing our industry to make, you know, biodegradable, whatever. You know I mean? This is what we're doing. I'm just using an example off the top of my head. It could be anything. But the idea here is then, they all kind of get together and they make this big change and they all watch each other and implement it. Anybody that's not following it gets crushed by the other guys. I mean, that's, that's like business 101. You know, you get the people behind the business. We'll all follow you because like you said, we all want the same thing. Actually, I'm doing videos. I, I have a bunch out there. One of them is on how to end corruption. One is how to fix our justice system. I am just finishing one that's uh, why we're not divided, what the real problems of the world are, uh, and how we can fix everything. And like you said, in that video, I, I, I outline all the things that we all want, right? We all want functional government. We all want good businesses. We want a flourishing world. We want it not to be desperate. We don't want uh, all of these horrible things happening. We don't want to go to war. It's like, if, so you look at history of what everybody wants, and this is what's kind of outlined in a way too, is that we all want to be our best selves and have a great society, right? It's, I mean, if you look at all of faith, all success books, Pretty much it's about three or four things. It's about you becoming the best person you can be, creating a better world, uh, and connecting, uh, connecting yourself with the divine and the holy and this higher you know, spirituality. That's it. That's the law of life if you look at it. So how do you do that? You live rational, positive action. You integrate virtue and best practices in your life. You join in, in a way uh, that we can actually make these changes happen. I literally, like I said, if I had a billion people, billion dollars a month, we could seriously change the world in in a matter of days and weeks sometimes. I mean, it's not even gonna take that much effort to do some things that we need to be done because if you look at corporate America, they bend, they totally bend to the will of the people. It's all, business is about the consumer, right? You don't have any, if you don't have any customers, you have no business, period. I mean, it's just the way it is, right? So if all the consumers want you to do something, they're gonna do it. So if we can unite a billion people, they will do whatever we want them to do. Trust me, I mean, it's not even gonna be that hard. They'll be like, sure, we're all for this organization. <laughs> They'll be bending over backwards. They'll be like our best friends. 
You know what I'm saying? You're like, wow, how did the oil company become this total environmental company overnight? It's because everybody that works there and all the people that are using their products want them to change. So, and again, that's what gives me hope. I know that there's a lot of people that are losing hope um, in the world and are very desperate. But I almost think sometimes that that's the time that we can make great change. It's sad. You know, human beings have to be burned to learn and shaken to awaken and have all this tragedy to get us to focus on the wrongness. But if we don't know what the wrongness is, we can't fix it. You know, with all of us now awake and realizing, you know what, this world is just not working right. You know, why do we have to have so much pollution? Why? I mean, who says that, that you get to pollute the world for free and we all have to beg you to stop? I mean, for God's sake, if you don't understand that pollution is bad, I'm not sure what I can do. You know what I mean? It's like if you're a leader of the world and you think, no, we need to have more pollution. We need to have more exploitation. We need to have businesses be able to do what they want because they're so holy and never make any mistakes. No, you're, you're living in a fantasy world. Okay? We have regulations for reasons because people can become corrupted. They don't always do the right things. They also need to know what is the right way to do some things. So, you know, for me, it's like, uh, like we're our own worst enemies. Like I'm, I'm nobody, right? I'm a dyslexic, half-blind guy, barely could write, uh, trying to get out here and save the world. And then there's guys like Bill Gates that are saying they're, they're actually have the money and power to actually save the world. And, and what are they doing? Like I said, I mean, I look at, uh, and God bless them. I mean, I know, I think they're trying, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't know what to no. do. And I think- <laughs> I, for, no. for that man, no, 100% no. I've looked at too many no. things from him. Yeah, he, he's one that's the, every single thing he's touching is not for humanity. Well, like Warren Buffett, he strikes me as a guy that wants to do good too. And he's just giving his money away to people he thinks that are doing good. It's like, uh, I don't know. Like, I go back to uh, the church days, you know, when, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, one of the greatest minds we ever had in the world. What did the church and the people hire him to do? Build weapons, create statues to, and, you know, make themselves look great. I mean, one pope hired him to, to uh, build a, you know, his, his mausoleum for after he's dead. You know, he hired Leonardo da Vinci to make his statue and all this stuff. I'm like, God, you could have hired this guy to solve some of the greatest problems of the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it could have been like, hey, we need to end poverty. Uh, how do we you know, become healthy people? How do we raise our kids? I mean, the church of Jesus Christ. Here's a guy, Jesus Christ. This is 2,000 years, imagine this. Jesus was like, problems with rich and poor, health problems, feeding people. You know, this is, this is this guy. If the church would have just embraced the essence of what Jesus was about, imagine a church that was finding solutions to the world's greatest problems for the last 2,000 years, right? Instead of just perpetuating this one idea and oh, well, just come through us and you'll go to heaven. No, that's not the way it works. You know what I mean? No organization on earth uh, is going to get you into heaven. It's you and God. That's it. So if you're, I don't care what the church says to you, if you're not a good person and you haven't made the right strides in your own beingness, you're not going. So the whole point here is this, this whole earth is a training ground that's preparing us for the greater reality. And these tests and these challenges that we go through force us. Let me say, let me say this. People always talk about like, uh, what is the setup we live under? It, you know, you know the game of life when you know, the kids game. We open the board, you know, the box, and it's got this game board in it and all the pieces and all that. You're familiar with that game, game of life. Okay, well, there's this game of life. It's it's literally a kids game. Um, the game of life that we play is real. Um, it's all based on these human conditions. The human conditions are universals like gravity, day and night, 
entropy, all these big things, right? And then there's human-centric ones that we're all born ignorant. We need to fuel ourselves. We take so long to develop, you know, all these other, other things. You put all these together, they give you the rules and regulations, the playing board that we play on and everything else. And when you analyze them, they really lead us into three things. They focus us on self-development, self-control, and societal development. Because we literally have to grow from a baby to an adult, right? We have to develop. We also have to control this development if we're going to live a meaningful life and be the best people we're going to be. We also need our society to improve. I mean, if you look back where we started, um, you know, cavemen, whatever, living uh, hand to mouth and all the rest. And then look at the society, some of the societies around the world now with these great, wonderful buildings and food systems and all the rest. So if we as humanity can rise up and fulfill kind of our whole purpose of being here and what we've been working towards throughout all of our human history, it's really just creating this better world and helping people live better lives we're our own worst nightmare. You know what I mean? It's always those few leaders uh, or a few lost people that destroy everything for everybody, right? It's not like the majority of people in the world want to go kill everybody and go to war. No, we'd rather raise our kids and have a decent life. There's only this, some leaders who decide, no, we're going to war. That guy pissed me off and he said something or they did something that now we're going to go kill everybody. And it's, it's always these few lost people that ruin it for everybody. I mean, look at the uh, 9-11 in America, we have what, I think it was eight, eight, six, eight people took over planes, crashed them into buildings and killed all sorts of people just and changed America, you know, fundamentally from that point on. But it's like, that's such a few, few people, you know what I'm saying? It's like the kings and queens of old. It's like, oh, there's 10 people that want to go to war and, and kill even, millions. Even if, because I've even looked at that, that, that was even all the lie. You know, there was actually explosives that were put inside in the, the actual building. They 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 doubled up on the insurance. That was an inside job. That was done from, and basically they made a nation. They made the Americans then hate the Muslims through this and created a war invading in Iraq. All because, that was orchestrated. Like, I mean, a building collapsing without any plane going into it as well. The third tower, I don't even think people realize that. There was passports found on the ground. Come on, like the whole lot was so much of a fraud. And how many millions have died because of that creation? That was internal. That was done inside. I mean, I've looked at that deep, deep. And it's sick, but I love what you're doing because it is what it is. But like, if you look at your billion people, some people go, oh, that's not going to happen. But if I look at it, your seven ways, your books do seven ways. If, if you said you want everybody to try to bring in seven people into this organization, everyone can do that. And if you get yeah. a multiple of sevens, that's how you get your billion. Because absolutely, I could get, I know a thousand people that are trying to fight this. There's different groups and everything, but they're all in different little, everything you're saying makes sense. And we all come together. And just stop this. Yeah. And I think it's like, um, I don't want you to stop doing what you're doing uh, and, and the rest. It's just that we also need to then join together and then share. I was talking to somebody on another podcast and um, she was like, well, I, I have all this stuff I'm doing. I can't just drop it. I'm like, no, that's not the point. You share these ideas on your podcast. The idea of the way isn't like you're giving up anything. 
you're living rational, positive action. You're integrating virtues and best practices into your life. Uh, you've embraced the 10 laws. You're spreading this idea of how we can join together to make these great changes. That's what I mean about joining together. You can join my organization and still have your organization, right? And like you said, it's like, Everything that's ever happened throughout human history of great note is because we've joined together. It's usually like a revolution is when, you know, it's like five people get together. Man, I'm so sick of this. Uh, let me get 10. Let me get 20. And all of a sudden there's 50. And there's thousands, right? Boom. Revolution. We're, it's over, right? You, America started that way. It was literally a couple guys in a bar, right? Sitting around just bitching and just had it, right? Print out some flyers, send them around. And it's like, oh yeah, no, people are liking what we're doing. And all of a sudden you have a revolution that uh, started in America. So, you know, don't, don't, uh, I don't want to say, they want you to feel powerless. Okay? okay. They want you to feel divided. They want you to feel like, oh, you'll never do it. It's impossible. They have too much power. Screw that. We have all the power. There is no force on this planet more powerful than humanity joined together in common cause. Seriously. I mean, if you want to prove me wrong, then get me a billion people. <laughs> Let's join together and make these things happen. It's not as hard as you think because we all want the same things. If we just start from the center and work our way out, we can do it. It's like, sure, we might not know all the solutions to every problem we have right now, but it doesn't mean we can't start. It doesn't mean we can't find all the solutions as we go forward. It's like uh, pollution. You know, these super fun cleanup sites are all over the world. So you got to start somewhere. I'm a big uh, cleaner and organizer, I, you know, Part of the, the way is obviously how we can do all of our tasks uh, more efficiently and better. And one of the keys to that is just realizing you have to start. Even if it's a slow start, you start somewhere. And that's why, like, is the one movement and party fully flushed out, you know, with everything on the website? No, I, but I'm starting. You know what? I'm not going to wait. And for all of you out there that are just feel hopeless, then go sign up. Who cares then, right? If it's not going to work, then take two minutes, sign up. And then maybe you click once a month, right? Maybe you give a dollar. Is that really that hard to click your mouse on a petition? Maybe give a dollar if you're making good money a month? No. And I, that's the whole point, that the more of us there are, the, least, the less we all have to do, right? If it's 100 of us, man, we got to get out in the streets and march, right? If there's a billion of us, it only takes a small, tiny percent of us that need to actually march or do anything anywhere. The rest of us just need to support that group. Sign the petition. Well, I just got a billion signatures. I got a billion dollars to fight this cause. I walk up to the government or wherever. You think they're going to listen to me? Of course they're going to listen to me, right? Because they, they have the power of the people behind them. So I also want to say this, that I have never seen any time in human history to where we've had uprisings around the world at the same time. In the last whatever 10 years, I think I've seen numerous ones. I mean, it started with like, we had a Wall Street movement here, then it, you know, the, the, uh, the Arab Spring, you know, this whole thing kind of was a chain thing. It didn't mount to much, right? But it's, but it's amazing, you know what I mean? It truly is amazing. We've had the, the same thing with uh, last summer. We had, um, you know, we're fighting for equal rights. We're fighting for equal rights, I swear, this is the beginning of human time, right? If we have to wait for every group to stand up and ask for equality, we're gonna be at this forever. Right. Every country, every group, every uh, minority. Let's just do it all at once. We're all equal. We're fighting for equal rights for everybody. I don't know why it has to be any different. I don't know why you would even see it as any different. Like women need to be treated as lesser. No, if you can't see in the world that women have uh, a tremendous capacity, if not 
equal or more than men sometimes with certain things. I don't know what to tell you, but you just need to look at all the jobs that they're doing and the wonderful job they do. Or any minority that you think is lesser, just look somewhere in the world and you'll see them, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're leaders, they're, they're transforming the world. There is no lesser human being. We are all equal. So, and that's what this one movement is about. It's like, we need to, we need to fight all these fundamental issues on the center ground. We can't fight on the fringes all the time. Whether we're all equal or none of us are. We're ending corruption everywhere and we explain it to everybody. I mean, I ask kids sometimes, what is corruption? They don't even know what it is. They don't have any idea. It's like, if we don't understand corruption, what it means, like to take a bribe, uh, a kickback, you know, to look the other way when somebody's planting evidence on somebody so they can get their ticket ratio up or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? It's like, we have to explain this, that this is wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and and that we're not doing that. I mean, I, this idea of treating others as you want to be treated is so fundamental to humanity. It's been in every one of our faiths. It's the um, third, fourth law in, in the 10 laws in the book, but it's shown up everywhere. And to me, this is like, if you don't ask your kids all the time when they do something wrong to a kid, to somebody else, say, would you want that, them to do that to you? You know, is that how you would want to be treated? You have to say that over and over and over to your children. So they start thinking it like, oh, wait, I better not do that. I don't, I, I wouldn't want that. Oh, I don't want to do that. I wouldn't want that done to me. This kind of thinking, this, this is what I mean. The way is a book. But if, if it doesn't, if these ideas don't live within us as a way of guiding us, they don't mean anything. So for humanity to evolve, we have to share some fundamental ideals. And if you want to fight these ideals, I'd be more than happy to have a discussion with you because most of the time when I see all these destructive ideals in the world, like uh, supremacy, and again, I've looked at all of them, you see white supremacy, Asian supremacy, uh, whatever it may be, you know, Catholic supremacy, they all, they all are, are like propped up on lies. You know what I mean? It's so easily to, to, uh, kick the legs out from under them because there's nothing supporting them. Really. Um, I mean, I've seen KKK members, hardcore murderers, change their mind and become, you know, advocates for peace and to stop this hatred and everything else. If, if they can do it, then so can everybody. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's not like you're roped into being one way for the, all of your life. I truly believe it's, it's the corrupted people that embrace anti-corruption that comes sometimes can make the bigger change. You know, it's like if all the good people just stand by and do all the good stuff and we group together, we're not going to change the world. We have to help the bad people become good people. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that like, oh, we hate them. It's like, I, if you can't feel sorry for these people that become corrupted, uh, do this. All the people that you think are the worst people in the world, shrink them down to little babies and put them all in a room. Would you want to go in that room and kill all these people? Or would you want to go in there and help these babies, you know, be good people instead? I mean, imagine if, if Hitler, instead of being this horrible human, he became, imagine if he was a really good leader. Imagine if he was spreading peace and love throughout the world, because that's what he learned as a kid instead of the hatred. Maybe he was a, as powerful a speaker as he was. He was able to move a nation to peace. You know what I mean? To spread goodness around the world. I mean, that's, that's the idea, right? And it's like, oh, is it pie in the sky? You know what? Everything is pie in the sky until it's done, right? America was nothing until it was done. And again, is America the greatest country in the world? Has it done wonderful things always? No. It's embracing these failings, uh, not denying them, that 
will make us better people because if we know what's wrong, we can make it right. You know what I mean? We don't have to fall down that same path again. And that's where I think the lessons of history come into play. And that's why I read so much history is because I don't know. It's like, I see there's two things in, in all of human history that you see. It's the rise of the human spirit, this nobility, this, this God loving, uh, peaceful, you know, wanting your kids to be the best people they can be, create a better world. This, 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 I mean, we'll kill ourselves. We'll, we'll start a revolution. We'll put our, our bodies on the line for this. I mean, you just see it time after time after time. And then there's other group where it's like, they want to kill us. They want to control us. They want to do it. And now we see these other guys as the broken, the fallen, uh, but they're the leaders. <laughs> you know, the majority of the time, it's the bullies and the bad people that end up becoming the leaders of the world, right? Whether it be uh, faith, business, or even uh, countries. So it's like, we need to create a system where that doesn't happen. And that's where we need to raise our kids in the right way. We all need to get on the same page when it comes to some of the basics in life. And then we need to help these people see the truth or we need to move them out of their positions. And again, it's not as hard as we make it out to be if there's enough of us. It's only really difficult when there's just a few. And for all your buddies out there, they're fighting and ready to throw in the towel. It's because, man, you don't have a big enough group. You know, if you had a billion people with you, you wouldn't be feeling that way. You would be feeling powerful. So let's get powerful and let's make these changes and help these people see uh, because this is the only time in humanity it can happen. If we don't do it now, honestly, I don't, with the rise of technology and the way we're able to be controlled, uh, robotic war, um, you know, you can make little tiny robots that will burrow into people and kill them. You can throw them out like flies. You could have a hundred million of these tiny robots killing people. I mean, this is going to become insane. Space war, you just drop rocks on people. I mean, this is, this is we're going to enter a level of technology where literally, I mean, we're there now. You can press a button and kill half the world or the whole world if you wanted to. Um, but it's becoming easier and easier. So either we're going to get control of ourselves and this uh, technology and the rest of our society, or we're just going to let them take it over and destroy us all. You know, and for me, that's the test, right? Are we going to rise up and unify as humanity on these fundamental ideals and, and um, live to the promise of what we're really meant to be? Or are we going to fail? And I think that's part of the test, right? We, we need to succeed as individuals to become our best selves, to go to heaven and all of that. But we also need to succeed as a society, as a global society, to make all these things happen. Just like you, you, know, you mentioned about uh, the baby, because that's something that I've talked myself before about, that, you know, like a child is innocent and it's been influenced by others. So if it's been abused and it's been given the wrong food, the wrong thought process. Why should you hate that child? Was it their fault? So that's like, yes, you, you go along and you look at some of these gates and bees and, and like some people really want to hate them. They want them wiped out. But the reality is, you know, can you actually get their mindset changed? Because, you know, they're, they're, because what they have created, there's a lot of them. They, you know, they have brilliant minds and to get them to yeah. do the, do the flip, that, you know, then we can spiral even, you know, a thousand times faster with, with all yeah. the change that's going to be required. Absolutely. And th I think that's what gives me hope. And I've had conversations, weird conversations all over the world. I lived in Japan. I've traveled and um, I met people in the strangest places from everywhere. Uh, Muslim people from, you know, the Middle East. I've had deep religious conversations with. And what we see is Islam. Uh, portrayed in our news is nowhere close to what Islam is meant to be. 
and they know it. They see it. They just like our we know uh, Christianity has been corrupted. Uh, Islam has been corrupted. And if you if you study all faiths, I have. And what's really funny, not funny, sad uh, about Islam is that when Muhammad died, he was like, there is no leader of Islam. We're all one. This, that. The whole thing, the Sunnis and Shia, was because when he died, they decided to break. Oh, I'm the leader. No, I'm the leader. And became a war ever since. So it's like the whole ideal of Christianity, of Islam, of Buddhism, of uh, even Hinduism, is to become your better people, to connect you with the divine, and to help create a better world. But that's not what it's happened. It's because the leaders in a lot of these organizations become corrupted, and then they focus on one passage or one aspect of the faith, and they bring that point out. And now the whole faith is about jihad to this group, or it's about our superiors, you know, Catholics are the only true uh, Christians, or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? It's like this, this sickness of superiority um, that has infected humanity since our beginning. You know, people talk about the original sin. Let's just talk about this for a second. This is kind of important. The original sin is where, you know, the idea we're in, in Eden and we choose knowledge, right? We choose to know. Now, you can, you can shade this however you want. This was not a curse or uh, a flaw. Okay, choosing knowledge meant when you, if you are faithful, the idea of being uh, created in the image of God, uh, the children of God, it doesn't mean that we have all the knowledge of God. It means we have this capacity and this desire to know. We have tremendous capacity to love, to empathize, to sympathize, to know right from wrong, to all these other great aspects. But we also have the ability to fail, to uh, embrace virtue, I mean, vice versus virtue and all the rest. So, but this is a great gift because we're not puppets, okay? We're not just like programmed beings to be a certain way. We have the ability to fail, which means we have the ability to succeed. We have free will within this confines of the uh, human conditions and what we live. And if you put it all together, it's basically a training ground. So the meaning of life is to make yourself, your life meaningful. You know, if you can create a meaningful life and our society can help you do that, um, we're going to create a better and better society. If our society is not about helping people, you know, be, like you said, if we don't give our kids the right food, the right education, the right uh, emotional stability, all the rest of the aspects of what they need, they're never going to grow up and be uh, the best people they can be and live this meaningful life, right? Um, especially if they don't get the nutrition and the education or whatnot. You can't take that back. You know, when they're 25 years old and they've never been fed correctly or given the right information, their brain isn't developed as well as it could be. So, if we're going to create a better society, we have to take care of our kids correctly. And to do that, we all just need basic knowledge. You know, for me, it all comes down to the same thing. I talk to a lot of people, like I said, all over the world. And when you talk to women as opposed to men, it's like, I think a lot of women think we're crazy. I mean, a lot of the stuff that men go through and we do in this world is insane. I mean, it really, really is. I mean, the whole idea of war and violence, you know, is is not is not something we should be like the first level of 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 our manliness way of doing things. You know what I mean? I I've been bullied my whole life. I've been in more fights than most people can imagine. And you know, when you're when you're when you learn martial arts, you learn how to defend yourself. I never want to hurt anybody. I got in a fight when I was really young, and I really really hurt somebody. It was short. This guy had a sexually assaulted my girlfriend. I went and talked to him for an hour. He lied, 
whatever. And I was leaving and you know, went to shake my hand. It was like playing it off like it's nothing. He was kind of a friend of mine. He's like, let's go party and all this. And I just started squeezing his hand and I was so pissed off and I pushed him backwards and I just told him off and he put his hands up and the fight lasted for like four seconds, but I ended up giving him a concussion and shattering his jaw and he almost died. He was in a hospital, he was in a coma for four or five days. And I can't even tell you what that was like. It was like, I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt him that bad. I was, I was angry, but I certainly didn't mean to do that. When you're young, you know, think that you give somebody a black eye, oh, you know, give you a few bruises and that's it. But when this, when I, this guy was in, in uh, the hospital in a coma, and we're like, we don't know if he's going to live or die. It changes something in you. I mean, you realize that you almost, you know, you could kill somebody right now. And those people that kill people or use violence on another, you have to realize it's never going to solve anything. Okay? Violence leads to more violence, hate, more hate. There's no tragedy or atrocity that's going to be undone by another tragedy or atrocity. Okay. Certainly there are times to fight and we have to overthrow a dictator and all this horror, but we need to prevent all that stuff from happening. That's how we really win. Okay. Good people win when, when evil doesn't rise. Okay. Good people win when we don't have to go to war because we fix the world to the point where it's not an option. There's no people in this world that we should want to be suffering and, and everything else because all they're going to do is flee where they are or they're gonna blame us and come over here and try to hurt us. We either want everybody living great lives and having what they need to, to fulfill their, their life, or you know what I mean? I don't even think we're human if we don't, because it's like, it's like I said, if it's, your, if it's your kid or somebody else's kid, who would you wanna you know, kill or suffer? I, I don't want any of them to suffer, you know what I mean? I, don't want, I want everybody to have a better start. You know what I mean? It's like we talk about uh, privilege. There's a lot of discussion, white privilege or uh, Asian privilege or whatever it may be, privilege. The privileged people who, who start further ahead in life than others. We need to bring everybody up to the point where we're all starting as far ahead as we possibly can, right? Not to feel bad for you starting ahead. If you start ahead, then you should have more responsibility to help bring others up with you as you rise. Again, I think the, the most of the problems in the world that we have right now are caused by very few people. And it's because we've been perpetuating the past uh, wrongness. We just need to embrace more of the future rightness and integrate it into our society. And like you said, there are solutions in the way, there are solutions within um, this organization. But I, I truly believe the greatest solution to humanity is all of us uniting and then adding our goodness together. You know what I mean? It's like all the solutions in here, they can say the way. This isn't Andrew's way, right? This is humanity's way for us to become our best. Most of the stuff in this book is, is based on, you know, other people's knowledge. You know, just the idea of having a core value system. I was deep into Freud and Young and Skinner and all the rest of these psychologists and they're fighting between themselves. Like, no, you change your mind. You become a better, no, you change the way you do things. You become a better person. It's like, come on guys, obviously it's both right? You, you change some of the, your habits during the day and you change the way you think and you do things and you become a better person. I don't know why there's so much fight in that. But the whole idea of what they were talking about uh, dawned on me that they're talking about your core values because it always comes back to your core beliefs because they set up everything. Literally everything you do and think in life, if you have a complete core value system that covers everything, then, you know, you have a guide. And, you know, the first two laws of uh, the 10, let me just say what they are. Uh, the, the purpose of 
life is for you to become your true self, live a true life, and go to heaven. The purpose of society is for um, is to create our true society. And again, those two ideas—you becoming your best self, living your best life, creating a better society, and going to heaven—should seem obvious. It's like, yeah, of course you want to be the ultimate self and live your ultimate life and go to the ultimate place and have a great, wonderful world to live in. I mean, that's what everybody's always wanted. That's what we've always been fighting for. Every revolution, every you know, uh, if you look at all the different uh, doc, uh, documents we have where people sign up and they take these oaths and these, you know, these, these great documents, they're always about creating a better world and greater society, and better people. So to me, it's like we just need to embrace this. We need to know that we're flawed. We have the capacity to um, be corrupted, but then we can build in checks and balances. We can embrace virtue. We can embrace core values and we can change. Those of you who are corrupted or no corrupted people, help them not be corrupted. You know what I mean? Choose the right path. Turn yourself in. I know it's hard. I know it is. But that's the whole point of you being here is to, is to know the wrongness and then fix it. If you're not fixing it, then you're failing this test. It's that simple. People have, people have to put their hand up. Listen, Andrew, I need to get you back because I didn't even get to cover half the things that <laughs> I had written down. But how can people get in contact with you? Sure, sure. I'd love to come back. Uh, um, the best place to get a hold of me is the website. It's sevenway.me. Uh, that's the number seven, W-A-Y dot M-E. And that's the hub for everything. You've got, you can learn about the way, uh, we have an action center in there, a lot of free gifts. We've got uh, videos on the solutions of the world. I'm putting out more of those. The One Movement and Party is on there. You can sign up. You can help. Um, a lot of other resources. The book is available everywhere. You know, I'm is Amazon, obviously, Barnes & Noble, everywhere in the world. You should be able to find it online. Uh, it's hardback, softback, ebook, and Kindle. Don't have the uh, audio book out yet, but I'm working on that. And so just go there and you can, you can find all about me. I, my appearance list is on there too, all my social media. Um, I, I'm on everything. Real Peace Ace is my handle. So if you want to find me around the world, uh, you can do that. And let's join up. And I, like I said, I just want to say, again, there is hope here. You know, let's not throw in the towel. I, I honestly think that this is the, the time in human history that this needs to happen. Because if you look at 100 years ago, 200, any time behind then, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, we're still stuck in kings and queens and, you know, the horror of, of this uh, slavery and all the rest of it. So, you know, it took us a while to get here. We're on the brink of our own destruction, but we're also on the brink of our own uh, revolution of, of goodness. So let's embrace it and let's, uh, let's just make it happen. You know, it doesn't need to be this way. We can seriously make these changes. Oh, totally agree with you. Listen, Andrew, thank you very much. And I'll make sure all of the links that you said will be in the podcast description. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you, everybody. So that's all for the Awakening Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org or on BitChute on Awakening Podcast. And you can uh, give us a thumbs up, share with your friends. Until next week, take care. There's a time.